are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, it's a Tuesday edition of Locked On NBA. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. I'm Wes Goldberg, and I'm here with my co-host David Ramil and the Washington Post, Ben Golliver. We're going to dig into this Anthony Davis stuff and talk about if the Pelicans need to make a move now, what the Lakers should offer, and other potential landing spots. But first, let's get to the scores from last night's action. Malik Beasley had 13 of his 18 points in the fourth quarter, and Will Barton hit a three-pointer with just 43 seconds left in the game to help Kappa Nuggets come back from 25 points down as Denver knocks off Memphis on the road 95-92. to No Kyrie Irving, no problem for the Boston Celtics as Marcus Smart had 21 points and 7 assists to beat the Nets 112-104. to The Celtics also had a season high, 16 blocks in the game. And the Warriors won their 11th straight game, 132-100 to over the Pacers. Golden State shot 42% from three-point ranges. Indiana struggles without Victor Oladipo. The Hornets bench, led by Tony Parker's 16 points, was the deciding factor in a 101-92 win over the Knicks, who lost their 10th straight game. And Trey Young scores 26 points. John Collins adds 22, and the Atlanta Hawks beat the Clippers 123-118. to we're joined now by the Washington Post, Ben Golliver, and we're going to break down everything about this Anthony Davis situation. As you know by now, Anthony Davis has asked the Pelicans to trade him. The two main suitors for Davis have long been the Celtics and the Lakers. The Celtics, though, can't trade for Davis until July when they could potentially offer Kyrie Irving a new contract and therefore avoid the rule preventing teams from having two players on Rose Rule contracts. Google that if you don't know what that is and if you want more information on what that is the Lakers however have no such limitations and so Anthony Davis trade season is officially here Ben is there any reason for the Pelicans to move Anthony Davis before the trade deadline well first things first can we say thank you Anthony Davis because I I thought he was making me go crazy because I could not see why he was not requesting this trade I mean what's been going on there over the last couple of years that made him want to just hang out and waste you know prime years of his you know MVP candidacy and uh, all-star bursts and everything else just kind of wasting away down there so this seems like it's a, a flash of reality from Anthony Davis I thank him for that Uh, Second, I do think there's reason New Orleans should seriously consider trading him before the deadline. Uh, I am always of the opinion, whether it's an unhappy player uh, or an unhealthy player, the longer you drag it out, the more it drags down the rest of your team, the rest of your rotation. So obviously, they're going to be better in the short term if they just keep Anthony Davis uh, there, you know, kind of ignoring the cloud and moving forward and hoping he can lead them into the playoffs. But I think they're far better off long term in terms of developing the players they have on the roster, in terms of potentially trading some of those players uh, before the deadline to really get off a liquidation uh, so you can do a real quick uh, rebuilding effort here. And then also potentially, you know, positioning yourself for a tank uh, if you do trade him and say a Julius Randle or a Nikola Mirotic. I mean, you can tank pretty easily and pretty hard with this group and get yourself into a nice position where you've got multiple trade assets and also your own, you know, pretty good, you know, first round pick this year. I mean, to me, all of that adds up uh, to be a pretty compelling case to try to find a deal now. You don't have to force it. 
Uh, it's not like the end of the world. If you don't trade him now, you can take the Pacers approach and you know wait until the summer, hope a, a market really expands and opens up and, and Boston kind of drives up the price. That's absolutely a fine backup strategy. But to me, if I was the Pelicans, I would be operating from today until the deadline, planning to trade him uh, and hoping that some, something good would, would come to pass. If it doesn't, then I would proceed to plan B. And so... Look, I mean, it's no secret that the Celtics want Anthony Davis, and it's no secret what their assets are. And just because they can't actually uh, complete a trade before July doesn't mean that they can't, you know, there's ways to figure out what Boston would be willing to offer is what I'm trying to say. And so, David, I guess my question to you is if you are, if you're New Orleans and you can kind of pretty much read the tea leaves and understand what your offer is going to be from Boston, then it really I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people are saying New Orleans needs to wait, but I agree with Ben. I think you just do the trade now, unless, of course, like these trade offers come in and they're not as good as what you could get from Boston, potentially. Uh, but one thing for sure I wouldn't do is play Anthony Davis, because then that risks a whole other situation where maybe he gets injured or something like that, and then his value goes down or whatever it might be. But if I'm New Orleans, yeah, I would trade him. I would, I would trade Anthony Davis as soon as a de- as soon as a good offer or not as soon as the best offer becomes available, which may be by the trade line or maybe afterwards. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, we're acting under the assumption that there haven't been, you know, preliminary conversations already, which is not likely the case. I mean, I'm sure Boston's already contacted New Orleans about the availability and what kind of package they might be seeking mm-hmm. in exchange for Davis. And look, the, the Pelicans have already released a statement saying that they won't act on anybody else's timeline but theirs. Um, and, and so even though there is going to be some disgruntlement among the other t- members of that team, the reality is they have to position themselves for the best future moving forward. And if that means waiting, and it could potentially mean waiting, I, I don't see why they wouldn't, to be honest with you. I mean, who cares if he's disgruntled? Who cares if everybody else is? I, I mean, to be honest with you, if you're going to get a better return for Davis in, you know, by moving him in July to Boston, which it seems more likely that Boston's return would probably be significantly better than whatever the Lakers have to offer, I don't see why you just wouldn't sit on it for a couple of months, to be honest with you, because you're going to be able to, again, incorporate those players you know, you can't. You're not going to care too much about what happens for the rest of the season. This is pretty much done. As far as tanking is concerned, I can understand why they would want to position themselves slightly better. But I mean, you can just sit out Davis for the rest of the year, and you're right. probably going to already put yourself in a good position as far as the draft is concerned. And then all of a sudden, you get a good draft pick. You have a disgruntled Davis, but who cares? You're shipping him out in July anyway, and then you get a good team back in exchange for Davis once you trade them to the Celtics later on this year. I, I just think it makes sense to kind of wait on it. To be honest with you. I think it's a trickier I think it's a trickier dance though because remember Davis has a lot of goodwill accumulated. He's been a great soldier here for years, right? So they need to do right by him if they want to have any hope of having a good reputation around the league. And if it winds up being a thing where they're sitting him but Davis wants to play, he wants to be competing for a title this year, they're not able to deliver that. I think that that would strain things uh, and it could potentially, you know, harm their franchise sort of in the long term. I do think their their best strategy here is to try to play nice with Davis, much like they uh, played nice with Chris Paul, you know, seven, eight years ago when they moved him. They got that done pretty quickly, pretty early. Uh, obviously, it took, you know, two different trades to finally have one of them, uh, you know, finished uh, with with the Lakers and the Clippers drama there. But, 
I think that that's sort of in their best interest. If they drag this on and they wind up being this team that sort of is being viewed as holding him hostage, I think that will will cause real damage to their franchise. And, uh, you know, I feel you know bad for all the guys down there. This is a horrible spot to be in if you're one of his teammates or if you're his coach or is your GM. But you can't blame Anthony Davis for this. I mean, this guy has... Uh, you know, delayed this far longer than he should have. It was kind of already on the wall. You had to be prepared for it. And I think that, you know, him going public with this doesn't really release any of the pressure. These guys are still operating in a very awkward environment. And I do think it's better for everybody if they can find a good quality trade package uh, right now, they should pull the trigger. And also, if Davis's stance winds up becoming, look, I want to go to the Lakers, uh, which you know, given Rich Paul's influence, uh, you know, given the natural fit between him and LeBron, I could easily see that developing here, you know, uh, in the not too distant future. And I think you look at the Pelican statement, it did seem to hint to that, uh, you know, with all the tampering uh, request, uh, you know, like NBA needs to look at this for tampering and so on and so forth. Uh, To me, they are feeling a little bit backed into a corner. And I think if the Lakers make a strong offer for it, um, that could be a very prudent path for them to just, you know, get all of this, uh, uh, you know, swept out the door and get on with the future of your franchise. The other part of that too is, I mean, what if like we keep talking about tanking, and that is off the Excel spreadsheet, kind of the right move to make if you're New Orleans. But the Pelicans, like there, there are organizations that can handle tanking, and there's those that can't. And that just the Pelicans don't strike me as an organization with the fan support. And just, you know, the money from the fans that, you know, they don't sell out every game. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a, it's not the, it's not an organization in the best spot. Like, I don't know if they could even afford tanking. So if you, Anthony Davis obviously isn't helping getting them to the playoffs. And they're basically out of the playoffs already. But it might help things, like, just from a, a fan support and a, uh, you know, perspective to make the Anthony Davis trade now, now that everybody knows he doesn't want to be there, and just say, look, you know, we're going to make a move. We're going to get some assets back. We're going to get some players who can help us maybe even right now just to make a push. I don't know if that factors in the, into the equation, but it might for them. But the other part here, and Ben, you hinted at it, Anthony Davis, is basically, he's demanded a trade, but he hasn't done the Kyrie Irving thing. He hasn't done the Jimmy Butler thing where he's basically like, I want to trade, and I want to go here, 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 or here. He hasn't done that yet. We kind of know where he wants to go, but we know we, he hasn't come out outright and, and basically and use that weapon yet is it just i feel like it's only a matter of time though because if it gets to the trade deadline if we're saying maybe a week out of the trade deadline and and time's ticking and no trade is you know there's there's no hints from davis's side that a trade is going to get done maybe he says like look or or maybe even something where a line like look we're we're nearing a deal there's rumors that they're nearing a, nearing a deal with new york or philadelphia or some random team he's like no i actually want to be on the lakers like i want to go play with lebron I will only re-sign with the Lakers. Like, is that a possibility? Do we think that that's something that could be coming? Yeah, I'm braced for that. Absolutely. I mean, if if I was him, I wouldn't want to have anything to do with the Knicks. Uh, I've, you know, I'm not sure it came out today, but there's been people in the past who said, "Oh, the Bulls should make a run at, at him." If I were him, I wouldn't want any part of the hometown hero angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't want to wait to see who has the number one pick, and and maybe you know that winds up being like a a trade piece that could really sweeten a deal. I wouldn't want to deal with any of that. I mean, I think to me, if I was him, 
The only two teams I would want to get traded to before the deadline would be the Lakers and the Warriors. I mean, those are the teams that he'd be able to really uh, have a nice, deep, extended postseason run with. Uh, and then, you know, you can kind of picture that as a pretty clean fit going forward for years. To me, I think the Warriors have played so well here since Cousins' re- re- return that they're kind of off the, the map. And I, I view this almost as, uh, you know, not a fait accompli to the Lakers, but it, it does seem like they're the ones applying a lot of the pressure here. Uh, and, you know, by the way, Rich Paul is basically like a shadow GM of the Lakers. I mean, he's out virtually every Lakers game. Last night, you know, he's given high fives and daps to Contavious Caldwell-Pope and their assistant coaches. I mean, this is a very visible member, uh, like extended member of this organization. And so I understand why the Pelicans would feel this is all incredibly slimy and shady. Um, but if that's what Davis wants, you have to have his buy into any sort of a trade scenario. Otherwise, you're going to be killing your return value, even if it's Boston or New York or whoever else. Uh, so to me, I do think we're going to see that uh, that hammer drop here at some point you know, over the next couple of weeks. I feel like this is more of you just angling for Davis to get to L.A. so that you can cover him personally and make the Lakers exciting again. Is that is that something that I'm reading into the tea leaves there, too? Well, look, I mean, the Lakers have been a really rough uh, watch the last couple of weeks. I will just settle for LeBron coming back. But look, if this was just some random, you know, if it was Rich Smith was his agent, <laughs> then it would be a little bit uh, less, uh, you know, straightforward to connect these dots. But the, the Boston thing, you know, they are, uh, you know, really put themselves in a tough spot with that uh, contract thing because they clearly want to be invested here and involved, but they can't be. And so I don't see... Right. I mean, what's the most compelling package you can make that's not a Lakers package uh, right now to trade for Davis before the deadline? If he wants out and he wants to play for a contender, who's the team that can make the best deal? I don't know. Well, we're going to talk about that later on. So we'll, that, that's a nice little tease there, Ben. I appreciate that. But let's take that break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about what this all means for the Lakers and what kind of package they should put together and then some other teams that could get involved. We'll be right back. All right, so look, we, we just took a break, but we were talking about the Lakers and potentially what they could be offering for Anthony Davis and, and if Anthony Davis is able to sort of speed that process along. And I feel like there's there's some differences of opinion here. And if you look at the Lakers' assets, it's basically what? Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram. They've got first-round picks. You could throw Josh Hart into the mix there. Um, David, what do you think the Lakers should be offering? Seeing as Boston can't make or complete a trade, before this deadline, should the Lakers just be kind of throwing the kitchen sink at this thing and say, take everything? Because we, we kind of have an urgency to get this deal done before Boston gets into the mix? Yeah, I mean, I think they should try it. Look, we've seen in the past couple of years, particularly, that you're not going to get an equal return for a superstar player. So it doesn't seem like they're, I mean, they're certainly not going to be able to ship anybody of the same level of quality as Anthony Davis. I think they should make as attractive a package as possible uh, of you know decent players I just don't really think that any of those assets are of, of much value, to be honest with you. I've been down on the Lakers and the Lakers roster for the whole season. I don't think that there's much there. I haven't seen anything uh, particularly impressive from Ball or Ingram. I mean, Kuzma is probably you know less likely to get significant playing time if they acquire Anthony Davis there. I just don't see how he fits in to a LeBron and Davis front court. But at the same time, I, I just... You have to do whatever you can to acquire a superstar player, and I guess that makes sense from the Lakers' perspective that they want to keep this, you know, if they want to maintain this small window for LeBron to bring a championship to Los Angeles, they have to keep it open as long as possible, and acquiring Davis does that sooner, of course, than, you know, waiting on Ingram or Ball to develop into a a well-rounded player. No, I'm with a lot with what he said. I don't really like 
Kuzma's ceiling. I don't Ingram has been a real disappointment this season. He hasn't made the big time progress. I don't think there's a future all-star among the the Lakers prospects. If I was LA, I would be trying to include basically all of them except for Lonzo. I would try to keep Lonzo, uh, you know, if if possible, he would be the last piece I would part with. But none of those guys should be viewed as untouchable because they haven't really been that good this season. And I think the value of LA's package is that they can put together a whole bunch of these young guys, plus an expiring contract, plus, you know, multiple future picks, because you know, they're not going to care about those. And it winds up being like this whole platter, uh, where New Orleans can, you know, have a a more flexible cap position, have a bunch of young guys to sort of, you know, take shots with and develop. Um, They've all been playing at a super fast pace, which is how Gentry likes to play down there. So there would be some level of a fit there. And, you know, yes, it's going to be ugly in the short term, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but you know you're not block, you know blocked in with bad contracts or uh, you know guys who are going to have to get paid like huge amounts of money in the short term, uh, and you kind of go forward with a kind of a traditional rebuild. When I'm looking at you know the other uh, types of packages that are out there, uh, even though you know everything I just said is we don't really like these guys, I don't see another team that can make a more compelling package besides the Celtics who are not currently in the race, right? So. Like New York, what what's their best package? I mean, do we think a team like New York or Philly is going to part with a real core level star type of a player uh, to get a deal done here in the short term with the threat of the Lakers looming over the top of this thing? I don't. You know, if Anthony Davis comes out and says, "Look, I don't even really want to go to the Lakers," then if I'm Philly, okay, Ben Simmons, you're 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 now on the table. Let's try to trade you for Anthony Davis and really get in- interesting. You know, but. Uh, unless that happens kind of in a, a very public and convincing manner, uh, I am saying I'd rather just have Ben Simmons and let somebody else worry about Anthony Davis's flight risk. Yeah, I'm curious, though, you know, what, what is it that makes Los Angeles so appealing? Just the opportunity to play alongside LeBron James? If, if what Davis's ultimate goal is to win a championship, how likely is that to happen in Los Angeles? I, I mean, oh. I just think that... Well, when guys say championships, they just, I mean, we're talking fame, fortune, and all the rest of it, right? And when I look at Anthony Davis, I actually think he is one of, um, you know, probably like the most undervalued assets in the league right now. I mean, jersey sales, he's number 15th this year. Last year, he wasn't even on the list. All-star votes, he was 11th this year. Uh, He's not even going to start in this year's all-star game. Guys like Giannis, Kyrie, Paul George, they have signature shoe deals. Anthony Davis doesn't have a signature shoe deal. Kevin Durant's, you know, the face of Google and, and all these other companies ever since he went to the Warriors. I mean, Anthony Davis is still the goofy guy with the unibrow, right? And so these are all real opportunities for him to make hundreds of millions of dollars uh, off the court that he does not have access to in New Orleans right now. And so I think that's a big part of the Lakers' allure. The combination of playing with LeBron, I mean, to me, those two guys and three stiffs, you know, that has a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals this year. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not going to beat Golden State, but that's a lot better than, you know, being on the track that Anthony Davis is on right now in New Orleans. Uh, and it's a pretty interesting foundation kind of going forward from that. Now, is it an ideal fit given their ages? No. You know, if LeBron continues to have injury issues next season and the year uh, after that, well, Anthony Davis, you know, th- there is some real risk to, to his career right there. But um, it's, an I- it's an ideal fit for LeBron. Oh, it's perfect for LeBron. Yeah. There's no question about it. I mean, he needs that sidekick. He struck out on Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Kyrie Irving, and Anthony Davis is like, the one name for next summer who we can really expect him to have a chance at. So they need to get this recruitment done. I mean, Rich and and, uh, and LeBron need it more than right. anybody. Uh, but I do think there's benefits, uh, as I just laid out, for Davis, too. And so that 
I mean, the pitch you just gave, Ben, I imagine is something similar to what LeBron and Anthony Davis talked about at that dinner a couple weeks ago, right, in L.A.? Like, I imagine a lot of that stuff where LeBron maybe opens his eyes, Anthony Davis, you know, the young 25-year-old who wants to make it work with his first team. We've heard that story over and over and over again. And LeBron might have opened, like, look, this is how much money I make from this. This is how much money I've started making since even just moving to L.A. Like, blah, 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 and just kind of goes down the line and just kind of opens Anthony Davis. I I wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly what happened at that dinner. Who knows? But um, I, I agree. I think that if you put LeBron and Anthony Davis together, you are now look the, the the Warriors are the only team that have what what do we keep saying three of the top fifteen NBA players in the league and then Philly made the Jimmy Butler trade okay now they're kind of three of the top twenty players in the league like they're in that mix too if if the Lakers had LeBron and Anthony Davis they are the only other team outside of the Warriors that have two top five players pretty easily and I think yeah I, I wouldn't be worrying so much about okay if you get rid of Lonzo Ingram Kuzma and a bunch of draft picks. I'm not worried so much about the depth of that roster. Like, you figure that stuff out after. You just get Anthony Davis and LeBron on the same basketball team. And then, you know, the DeMarcus Cousins of the world will take the mid-level exception to play with them. Like, you can you can fill out a, a championship-level roster with depth after that. But you don't even get into that conversation unless you have two of those top players, which LeBron currently doesn't have. So I think, you know, if you add Anthony Davis, I think that team could go to the Western Finals this year, if Le- depending on when LeBron returns to the lineup. And uh, and potentially in the future compete with the Warriors or be better than the Warriors depending on what what happens in these next couple summers and it with Golden State as far as Durant and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and, and all those guys. So um, yeah, and like the the pitch here is like okay, like we could argue are they going to make the second round or the conference finals? We can know for sure that the Pelicans right now are not going to probably won't make the playoffs, but they're not going to make the second round, right? So if you're Anthony Davis and you're concerned about your short term interest, you're trying to find a landing spot so that this whole season won't be another waste. I mean, he's looking at his fifth lottery trip in seven seasons. If I was Anthony Davis, I would have a lot of urgency and I would be looking for a place where I felt really comfortable that I would have a a strong chance at the second round and a slight chance at going past that. And again, if we just go down the list of teams who would be comfortable trading important pieces for him, uh, there aren't too many besides the Lakers. Can I throw out a crazy hypothetical that I think both of you are going to want to sink your teeth into? Please. Okay, we'll do that after this break. All right, coming back, I want to throw this crazy idea out to you. So we know that Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis get along great, that they're like best of friends, and that there's no there's there's no tampering at all happening in the NBA unless it's player to player, right? Like, let's just assume that that's the case for, for this exercise. Um, if Kyrie Irving is trying to talk Anthony Davis, like, look, man, just wait. Don't like don't demand the trade yet. Like or or demand the trade but don't give your list of teams and and you know, don't tell them that you only want to go to the Lakers. Just wait for the summer and then you can join me in Boston. We'll be best friends in Boston. We'll take over the Eastern Conference and you and I can rule the Eastern Conference for the next several years. Does Anthony Davis and now Rich Paul and this whole and the LeBron James crew here can they flip that around? Can they turn the table and say no, Kyrie? Come back to LA. Because you just like you just hey, you 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 called up LeBron the other day, like, hey, man, this was way harder than I thought it would be. I'm sorry. I apologize. Like, I shouldn't have given you all that crap. Maybe they buried the hatchet there. If they move Lonzo, they need a point guard. Kyrie could be available. Like, do you just, all right, it's Anthony Davis, it's Kyrie Irving, and it's LeBron James all in the Lakers. What do we think about that? 
I mean, look, we, we just got the, or I just saw some news today that Kyrie Irving is like an executive producer on an upcoming film adaptation of a Players Tribune piece about the haunted hotel in Oklahoma City that NBA players Wow, Derek are. Jeter is really raking in the money right now. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. No kidding. They, they pre-optioned this piece that hasn't even come out yet about the Rifkin Hotel. I can't remember how to pronounce it exactly, uh, but either way, yeah. Irving's attached to it. You know, he already had Uncle Drew last year. Uh, I mean, maybe this is the future for him. Maybe they're viewing L.A. as an opportunity to continue to build their platform, something I hadn't taken into consideration when you, you talked about Davis. But, Ben, you laid out the, a great case for it. You know, why not? If Kyrie's tired of being the leader there, he hasn't exactly worked out the way he thought it would be in Boston, maybe he's ready to go back into the fold. And, and there's also the understanding that LeBron's window is probably pretty limited, and maybe LeBron can retire within three, four seasons, and Kyrie could be the leader of that Los Angeles Lakers team alongside Anthony Davis, I, I think it could work out pretty well. I'm not opposed to the idea, and I think it might work. I mean, you guys are telling me you'd rather play with uh, LeBron and AD than Gordon Hayward and Al Horford? I'm shocked. No, I, <laughs> I mean, I think it, there's a real argument to be made to convince Kyrie to hop on board with this. There's no doubt. Um, personally, I'm not sure if I want to see it, though, because these LeBron Instagram stories where he's like singing to Kyrie Irving and stuff, it's like new levels that I was not prepared for in terms of just like social media awkwardness. And I think that their back and forth coast to coast flirtation here over the last month has been difficult to stomach. And I'm not sure I could handle a reunion tour quite yet. Uh, Maybe, maybe for the all-star game, I'd be okay with that. But to watch that unfold over 82 games and the first fight blows up and now you know we've got to hear about how they're they're both going to leave each other again i mean everybody's been in that situation you know have friends that are sort of toxic couples uh i don't know if i want to be uh you know watching 82 games of that. i think you just talked me even more into it that sounds amazing <laughs> i love that go on instagram and just Kyrie and lebron are singing to each other in the locker room and anthony davis is like there with his unibrow like i don't get it um i'm i'm sign me up um, all right, let's finish up with some dark horse candidates outside of the Lakers and Celtics. Those are obviously the two teams we keep talking about. But, Ben, you mentioned New York, Chicago. Any other dark horse candidates you could see here kind of getting themselves into the mix with maybe like a Godfather offer or, some, or, or something like that? Did I hear Miami Godfather? Sorry, Pat Riley, what? No, make the case. I want to hear it. No, I have no case whatsoever. I mean, I real. I mean, look, make it up. It's radio. Let's go. A big market. I mean, is it is it a big market? A big enough market? Um, I mean, you could appeal to Anthony Davis and say he has the opportunity to come and, and go through the same learning experience that LeBron James went through in 2010. I mean, I don't know if that relationship with Rich Paul is broken beyond repair after 2014. Uh, but if you could, I mean, you make the same or a similar package to what the team was willing to offer in exchange for Jimmy Butler. Uh, I think that Josh Richardson, Kelly Olenek, maybe Deion Waiters in a, a first round pick. I don't know if that's you probably have to throw. I mean, do you? Well, they could offer. If you're the Heat, do you give them the the kitchen sink? Like you know, the Lakers are offering all their young guys. If you're Miami, do you say, "Hey, take Bam, Winslow, and Josh, go"? Well, not Bam because he's the Kentucky connection that you might need to in order to okay. get Davis to stay there. But other than that, yeah, you can t- pretty much offer anything you want on the roster. I want to throw out the Knicks again because that's a really interesting offer to me. Because if if you're New York and you put up Kristaps Porzingis, now he's got the ACL injury. So he's not as valuable as an asset as he could be in the future, but he also might be more valuable now than he could be in the future, right? Like, you've got to consider both sides of that. And an unprotected first that could potentially be Zion Williamson, if you're the Knicks, understand that Anthony Davis could walk out the door, but also understand that you can get Anthony Davis in the door now, and that increases your opportunity to possibly get Kevin Durant this summer. 
now all of a sudden a, a Knicks team with Anthony Davis looks a lot better than a Knicks team without Anthony Davis to, to KD. Do you offer that if you're New York, Ben? I mean, I think that I would, personally. I would rather have Anthony Davis or a shot at him than Chris Tapps Porzingis, given the injury stuff and just given you know their relative talent levels. But I... If I wasn't feeling the assurances, I wouldn't do it. You know, I would. It's like a bird in hand, right? If you've got Chris Tapps Porzingis in hand, and you know you're going to be able to sign him to a long-term extension, he's just going to be your guy. Versus trying to rent uh, Anthony Davis and convincing him to stay there. I mean, uh, it's pretty bleak there in New York. Like, I don't think Anthony Davis, if he just showed up and and was on the court with their roster, like I don't think that that would have that big of an impact on their wins and losses because the rest of the talent there is so bad. Uh, and their players are so young. So I think he'd be throwing away this season. I think there would just be that hurdle of, like, can you convince him to just punt a, a playoff run uh, in the short term? And I think, to me, that would probably be prohibitive. Any other any other uh, Dark Horse candidates you want to throw out there, then? I'm trying to think. I mean, Washington? I wish Chris Paul, I wish Chris Paul was, like, four years younger. Because, mm. I, I mean, imagine the James Harden... Uh, pick and rolls with anthony davis i mean yeah. how what, what's their offensive efficiency on those I and mean, they wouldn't have to do that crazy iso stuff that they're doing all the time you just put like anthony davis in that spot as like the super clint capella i mean my god his his stats would be like you know 40s and 20s basically every night probably could you offer uh, chris paul clint capella and those four first round picks that were going to go for the jimmy butler trade <laughs> i mean is that nuts i don't know if you're in new orleans and you're like all right we got chris paul drew holiday and clint capella let's go make the playoffs I've heard yeah. Portland's a possibility, right? I mean, is, is that something that just you know people are on, on basketball Twitter are throwing out there? I mean, maybe the combination of him and Lillard is, is that enticing what's enough? that? McCollum, Nurkic, and a bunch of draft picks. What? Yeah, there's not much else there other than yeah. Lillard. So, yeah, I don't know. yeah, that's that's tricky. I mean, if you're Portland, like you know, Big Brother, the e- the evil empire is the Lakers, right? So mm-hmm. again, are you getting this assurance from LA and and willing right. to gut your whole roster for him? Uh, that would be a very ballsy decision, but I have a hard time seeing them do that. All right, so let's do this to, to wrap things up here. Um, I don't know. Do we want to do predictions? I'll leave it up to you guys. I don't, I don't need everybody to go on record if you don't want to. But it, I, to me, it just sort of feels like everything, like, yeah, maybe Boston could put a better offer together, blah, 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 blah. It just feels like this is kind of destined to end up with Anthony Davis on the Lakers. I don't know if everybody else agrees with me or disagrees. I agree. I couldn't care less, though, to be honest with you. Okay. Wait, so let me ask you, though. If he goes there, will that turn you guys off as, as uh, basketball fans? No. I'm, I, want it, I want it to happen. I'm, I'm ready for LeBron and Anthony Davis to get together. There's something – I just – I like the idea of LeBron being able to compete for more finals because now we're, we're getting – I don't know. We're getting into a situation where it's not just LeBron versus whatever other team is playing in the conference finals or the NBA finals. It, it ends up turning into this – all-time debate and I just I really enjoy that I, I I think that LeBron chasing the ghost of Michael Jordan as he said he is doing is compelling to me and I think he could do that with Anthony Davis and I really think that LeBron and AD could compete with the Warriors I just think that those are two guys that kind of would would excel in that sort of matchup I'm, I'm ready for it sign me up I want it I want I'm rooting for it to happen before the tread deadline let's go like the 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 Anthony Davis thing in New Orleans is done so I, I don't, like, I'm not, it's not meant as an attack against New Orleans. Like, let's just all accept what it is. It's over. So let's just get Anthony Davis on a team where he can win. I'm excited about to watch Anthony Davis on that kind of stage. 
I'm mostly with you. I do think I have maybe like 10% more of a heart because I do feel bad for like what the ramifications here are of these superstars just continually bailing uh, these franchises, you know, time after time. And it wouldn't be the first time. It's not going to be the last time. In fact, it would be a very textbook move. I mean, right out of the same like Kevin Garnett uh, playbook or Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, we go right down the list, you know, Kevin Durant. Um, but I do think that there would be, you know, especially Pelicans fans looking at this move and just saying, like, well, are we just a feeder team? Is that all we are for the NBA? You know, basically sure. we get to, like, you know, grow these players up and, and send them off. And uh, I would have some sympathy for that. At the same time, Anthony Davis has been wasting his career. I mean, he really has been stuck in the muck uh, down there in New Orleans. And the, the prospect of a Warriors-Lakers Western Conference final where we've got basically seven all-stars you know or like seven all-nba caliber players with five on golden state and and two in la i mean the ratings for that would be completely Mm -hmm. absolutely nuts and i think you know the potential rivalry going forward from there with la's ability to try to you know add a third star or fill out its roster down the road uh would be incredible so i think ultimately the prospect of of that level of high level basketball is appealing enough to me where uh, I'm ready to say Davis uh, to the Lakers is what I expect to happen, and I'm uh, you know cautiously optimistic it will happen before the deadline. All right. Well, let's end it there. Um, that's all we have for today. Make sure to subscribe to Locked on NBA on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. And remember that you can listen to the show by telling your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on NBA. We'll be back here next Tuesday. You can catch us over at Locked on Heat for the rest of the week, and you can catch Ben Golliver over at the Washington Post. Um, and on Twitter at Ben Golliver. Uh, and anything else, Ben, by the way, that you have to coming out this week that you want to plug? No, a million things. I did a story on Ryan Saunders, the NBA's first mm-hmm. millennial head coach. Uh, I tried to fix the three-point contest. I wrote on Anthony Davis and, and what this moment means for his career. Um, I've got a little Magic Johnson piece in the works this week so people can hear what he has to say on a, on a whole bunch of different topics. It's just one thing after another, so check it out on Twitter. Was the headline of your uh, Ryan Saunders um, how millennials are ruining NBA head coaching jobs? Oh no, that was that was Forbes or something else, right? That was that wasn't the Washington. <laughs> um, all right, thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time.